Chris, um, the season sucks. Just, mm-hmm. There's no, there's no uh, cookie cutting around it. There's no, you know, this is not a good season so far. Factual. But I think the one thing that we can still say, no matter what the situation is, is when you go to the Coliseum, you're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Straight up. So um, I think we talked about in the last pod. We took a, the week off. I went to the game against the Rangers uh, two weeks ago from Saturday, this coming Saturday. Uh, they got fucking blown up. Marcus hit his first yeah. home run of the season for the Rangers, and it was a grand slam. Corey Seager hit like one of the furthest balls I've hit at the, seen at the Coliseum in person in years. Mm-hmm. But I still had a good time because shit, you never know who you run into. So I just got to give a shout out to our freaking homeboy, Brian the Kingpin. Last dive bar, folks, because we got two things. One, check out this kick. It's on YouTube, so YouTube people. Kick-ass last dive bar uh, wristbands over here. And guess what, Chris? Shkadoosh. Going for you. Hell man. yeah, bro. And at the end of the game, uh, I'm in Treehouse. I'm probably about uh, four beers deep. It was a nice. good level. And it was hot. It was warm. And yeah. uh, I hear... Those beers are 22-ounce pours as well. They're not yeah. classic 12 Yeah. Ounces. Also, don't order micheladas at the Coliseum. Just, no. They, was... They're not good? <laughs> I was at the treehouse. So I was like, "Do you guys do micheladas?" He's like, "We got the stuff for it." Yeah, that's I'm never, like, oh, that's, shit, never, "That's that's never a yeah. good sign, right there." Uh, but I hear from above, "Hey, town tailgate!" I look up and it's Brian. You mm-hmm. want a bobblehead? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? So, uh, you know, nice uh, Burke Camp. That's a sick one. Right behind that's me. That's a sick so, bobblehead. Yeah. Hey, that's why. No matter what. At the Coliseum. Why does he just have those on him? That's what I want to know, Brian. I, I don't know. Why do you, I, you just know what, have those honestly, on you? Honestly, the stadium is so. Which I was actually. So everyone was kind of talking shit. I was in Whitney's first game. She was. Yeah. Did she like it? It's all right. Which like. Yeah. You know, at the, at this point in this season, this team, they get it. But. Um, yeah. So people are like, the group that we're with is like, damn, this Coliseum's empty. I'm like, this is actually much busier than I thought it would be. But for a Saturday, no, dude. Yeah. For a Saturday, there should have been more people um, But at the end of the day, look, we're both not happy. All, nobody's happy mm-hmm. with this team. Fans, the I imagine the players are. But it's still a good time at the park. So if you get the chance, go to mm-hmm. the game. That's all. That's, that's, my, that's my opening rant. Lessons learned from Julio Reynoso, co-host of the Town Tailgate. I'm your other co-host, Chris Madrigal. What's up? Um, this this uh, this episode, we're going to talk about how depressing the A's have been. We already started that off. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, a qu- pretty uh, brutal losing streak. Um, go through some numbers as to why that's happening. Um, some uh, a town tailgate favorite has sent down. Um, and uh, the slap hurt around the world. Um, a couple manager firings. Um, but we're going to start off with uh, Manny Machado made some comments. Was this this wasn't today, was it? No, this was a few days ago. This was three days ago, days specifically. Ago. Yeah. Um, uh, basically saying that, you know, we've given these farewell tours to major baseball players in the past to era um, defining baseball, defining baseball players in the past like G- Derek Jeter and Barry Bonds, and so on and so forth. But he thought it was odd and kind of unfair that we aren't doing it to Albert Pujols this particular season, being that Albert Pujols was a generational player, probably one of five players that defined the early 2000s, <clears throat> the post-steroid era. Um, you can, I mean, do you want to read the quote direct, Julio? It's kind of bovine dunk. That, that's Manny Machado's words, not me. Bovine Dung. That teams are not giving him a farewell tour. I'll tell you that right now. Why? Albert has been the best player in our generation to ever play this game. And to see him doing the things he's doing, I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's freaking special that St. Louis gave him the opportunity to come back and finish his career as a Cardinal. Um, and two teams have given him a, a, a not to shut everybody out. 
the Giants did give like little, you know, in-game recognition. The Mets also gave a recognition, and um, there are any plans on the Padres doing it. Um, but for Manny Machado saying, you know, a lot of dumb shit and doing a lot of the wrong things for, uh, you know, a majority of his career. He's not wrong. The, no, I, I would say the early half of his career. I, I think he's he's been pretty on in the past few years. But yeah, um, absolutely. Why? Why is it that he's not getting the recognition? He's not a winner. Yeah, he is. The guy's won two World Series. He's a multiple-time MVP winner, and he's been to multiple World Series besides the ones he didn't win. Like, what is it? Why can't this guy get the same luck? Because he hasn't been the name that he was in the last 10 years. Well, fucking guess what? That's what getting older is. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the farewell tours personally. Um I you know, it's cool. Like I I am down with like giving you praise the last time you play a team or something like that, but um to have all this season devoted to you like the D Wade farewell tour and like the fucking uh, Cal Ripken farewell tour like I just know I just kind of rolled my eyes at at moments like that. Um it's 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 it is what it is like I, I, you're telling me to praise a player who who went against me for 20 years you know like that's that's kind of the way that i see it i i i'm i'm all for the respect but like i just i just it's not for me i'm not gonna be i'm i i hear you manny if you want to do that but i'm not gonna be a part of the celebration would you consider yourself this is super deep a sentimental <clears throat> person i yeah okay all right yeah, I, I, I kind of see your point a little bit because it's like uh, if they were to play the A's. Actually, no, that's a bad example because the A's and Angels were division rivals. Let's say uh, when he's playing the Tampa Bay Rays. No real connection throughout his career yeah. against that franchise. So, hey, maybe like a screen, like a, hey, you know, congratulations on your career. That's it. Yeah. But like you know, for a team like the Cubs, when he's in Chicago for that last series, they got to give him some love. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are, or, I mean, legendary battles in the, from the past. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, um, uh, like the Dodgers, of course they have to do something, but I, I, I get it. I don't know. But then, but then it goes back to like the, you, this dude made me miserable for 20 years. Game recognized game, man. Like, at, at, like, let's say, look, if I have the opportunity uh. to go to like, LeBron's last game against the Warriors. I'd stand up. I'm, I, look, at the end of the day, I'm. I'm I, I would too, and I'd yell, "Fuck you, LeBron!" Yeah, like one last time. I'm like, "Hey, I respect you, but you know, fuck but you, then, dude." But then, let me look at it this way. So, if Mike Trout had his farewell tour, I don't have the same animosity towards Mike Trout because he has literally not made my life miserable for the last because he's for his loser. entire career. Yeah. Because he's sucked. Yeah, or not, he sucked, but. He's been on a shitty team, and we've dominated him. Like, there's nothing about that that would make me be like, fuck you, Mike Trout. It would just be like, yeah, this guy had a great career, but, you know, it's kind of sad Look, if you look back because his team was never good. So it was a wa- he wasted his life. He wasted his career in, in Anaheim for, for 20 years. You know, like, I, it's, it, I don't know. It, I, I, guess it, I guess you could argue it depends on the player. I, I, I could also see this being like a cultural thing because it's funny you said Cal Ripken. Um, one of my earliest game memories was I was actually at Cal Ripken's like last series in Oakland. And I just, and the only reason I remember it is because I remember seeing him walking along like uh, behind like the first baseline, like the visitor side, just walk along and like giving people like high sides up and down. I'm like, mm-hmm. And I remember just being a kid, like not understanding it. And then my dad having to like, you know, that's Cal Ripken kind of thing. So, yeah. like, that might be, like, this might be a very generational thing. Like, are we going to do the same thing when Clinton Kershaw retires or when, you know, like, definitely not Altuve. Altuve, Altuve is going to get shot out of a cannon. No. Out of every home game. We're going to give, I hope in Oakland when Altuve retires, they give him the best quality, like, cow shit from Tracy. In like a wheelbarrow. I'm like, here you go. Have you ever been to Modesto? Unfortunately. The entire town smells like shit. Like you can't escape the cow farming that goes on and that's like like literally you get out of your car. Like I went there and I, I <clears throat> drove there from Southern California. 
had the like you know I had the heater on the whole time so because it was like in the winter time um driving out of my car um park into my parking spot get to the hotel because it was for a wedding open the door and it just hits you like a fucking brick just the entire town just smells like shit it's unreal i'm sorry to the people who live in modesto it's not personal it's just like come on you you ha you guys have to know that this is a thing right hey and just like that we just came full circle oh did we yeah because manny machado talked about cow dung or bovine oh. dung look at that it's true Oh, yeah, and look, What's I a bovine. But like, like a bovine is like a, it's like a term for a cow. Never heard that term in my life. It's a Simpsons reference. Oh, is it? It's Ralph Lager. That's why you know what it is. When I grow up, I want to go Simpsons. to Bovine University. You didn't see my? Did you, you didn't make a thing about my pride flag in the background of my of my thing? That is pretty dope. It's Pride, it's, it's pride Month. I went to a LA Galaxy, the Pride Day LA Galaxy game, and they gave these out, so I got one of those. That's pretty dope. Pride I like month. that. Yeah. Do I have any? <clears throat> I got to support the gays. I'm a big fan of the gays. Oh, hell yeah. I love the gays. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I know I have something Pride over here. I think I have a Pride towel, maybe? Your shirt is almost Pride. It's very colorful like and bright. Shout out to Raspian Records. RIP. I think there's some open. I don't know. All right, we're getting off the course. Two managers were fired during these last two weeks of us not recording, and two different uh, outcomes have happened since then. So for one, the Phillies have fired uh, Joe Girardi, the former World Series winning manager for the New York Yankees. Uh, the Phillies have been, well, bovine dung throughout the year. Uh, really, I think he, in my opinion, I think he was a fall guy. But we'll talk a little bit more about what happened with that uh but mm -hmm. right shortly afterwards the phillies are now on a six game winning streak look at that mm. and then the bigger story uh which uh i think we all called us in a way i think we both kind of discussion and john can probably jump in shout out to john locked on angels super halo bros uh joe madden fired from the angels uh they actually just snapped their 13 game losing streak tonight uh they beat the red sox five to two uh, the camel that kind of broke the or the straw that broke the camel's back there was uh, Joe Madden was getting a little snappy with one of the reporters, um, Sam Blum, who is the beat writer for the uh, Angels for the Athletic, where he pretty much just blatantly asked, like, you know, do you think your team's just not trying anymore? And Joe Madden, you know, was like, I don't know, what do you think? Like, no, I'm asking you. He's like, no, what do you think? You're the one that person that asked the question. It's pretty much just being snarky, right? Instead of realizing that this is a 20-something-year-old reporter and you're a 60-year-old man. Sounds like something someone who knows they're on the hot seat and is feeling all the stress would react. Exactly, exactly. Um, but we'll get more into that, the Angel stuff. But the Phillies, yeah, Chris, uh, would you? they're arguably the most disappointing team arguably at least in the they're national just league so, they're so top heavy one through five and then it really falls off in terms of their um not their pitching i'm specifically talking about their um hitting and fielding whatever and it really falls off after after the fifth hitter you know i mean i i don't know dude um they play in a really tough division that the mets are and and the braves are really good teams playing really well right now it's just like it's just a tough luck of the draw, and that's the way I see it. I don't know if Joe Girardi is necessarily the one to blame, but he won a World Series back in two thousand nine. The two thousand nine baseball style was still sabermetrics heavy. You know, we're still coming off of, and and he won with the Yankees, who just bought all this talent. So it's like sabermetrics era, heavy heavy buying talent, um, like a high payroll. Very different from what Joe Girardi's, you know, when he had his success is. So, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. There's just so many managers who are still in this league that the game is, like, so past their managing style. But for some reason, they're still in this league. This league. I mean, Joe Madden's another example, which we can get into that in a second. But I'm not – I'm just not really – like, that team was interesting. But, like, I, you know, they didn't really, like, jump off the screen. I think uh... – yeah, I, the offense is, is 
really underperforming. Bryce Harper's been awesome picking up where he left off last year. But the reality is, I don't think anybody truly doubted how good this offense could be. Um, they probably yeah. could have needed a couple pieces, but investing, I don't know how much, I don't have the numbers in front of you, but how much your payroll and Kyle Schwarber and Nick Cassianos, who both are good players. Um, <laughs> Did you see that Nick Cassianos interrupted another uh, another uh, like sentimental broadcast? Oh, it was a Memorial it was Day thing. Yeah, they were, like the announcer was like giving like a heartwarming Memorial Day like um, salute to like a to someone in the community who was like a soldier and passed away and fucking hits another home run. Oh my god, that guy is an absolute nightmare. Um, just can't. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. The reality is, yeah, the back rotation sucks. The bullpen sucks, and it to me that doesn't seem like the failure of management. That fit seems like a failure of the front office. And this is what Dave Dobronsky's style is, man. He's been doing this for fucking almost 30 years now. He's going to go in. He's going to just put all the chips in, trade away all your prospects, and jack up your payroll. And if it doesn't work, that's it. And it has worked in the past. Let's not forget, he is the main guy who built that Marlins team in the late 90s. Um he was pretty much. I was just about to say that. So he has two World Series championships to his name. I mean, he has the '97 World Series, which was like so long ago. Yeah. Like that Marlins and, team and was you, just. You, you look at that team. It was. It's pretty. No, it's pretty underwhelming. That '97 Marlins team is pretty underwhelming. I don't think there's any Hall of Famers on that team. Let's see. Like Bobby Bonilla is like probably their best player. Um, Gary Sheffield. And in 2018. I'm, I'm, oh, I'll, yeah, pull, maybe, I'll pull up maybe the, Gary Sheffield is the best player. Yeah, maybe you could say that. I'll yeah. pull up the roster I, now if you want to keep talking. <clears throat> I was looking on. I was looking at it the other day because I was thinking about this, and I was like, "What the fuck has Dave Dombrowski done?" And then I looked at the '97 team, 2018, with the, with the Red Sox payroll, anybody could fucking win. You know, like I, I don't know, man. I don't. And then and then he ruined that team. I mean, that team was in shambles for Detroit years Detroit Tigers early 2010s. Pretty much never won though. Yeah, yeah, but same thing. He traded away, and they're just getting out of this. What have they been terrible for six, seven years yeah. now? Um, yeah. But hey, hey, look, this seems pretty. <clears throat> there's no Hall of Famers. That being said, uh, we don't know. I mean, Gary Sheffield could be a Hall of Famer one day. Yes, so. but Moises Alou, Cliff Floyd, Gary yeah. Sheffield, infielders Edgar Renteria. That's what I'm saying. Like a bunch of a bunch of like solid historically like good good like they were above average players in the 90s no but no like superstars were on that team except for maybe gary sheffield yeah exactly so but that's his style and i'm saying talking about people who's uh who the game has kind of passed them i think he's a great example because the reality was the phillies didn't need um, Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos. We were both. I know we both liked the signings when they went down, but the reality was like that's not their problem. Their problem has always been the pen and all that. Um, but mm-hmm. hey, you know what? They're on a nine-game winning streak, so let's see if uh, that solved it. Now on to the Angels, which it seems like we talk about the Angels a lot. I don't know how this happened. We just are. Here's the full uh, exchange between Joe Madden. And um, Sam Blum, the writer for The Athletic. Blum. Is he related to Jason Blum? Oh, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Sorry, I keep going. Uh, Blum, do you feel like the team's still competing and fighting the way you want right now? Madden, what do you think? Blum, I mean, you've lost 12 in a row. Madden, but you asked a different question. What do you think? Blum, I'm asking you what you think. Madden, are you saying we're not competing? Blum, I'm not saying that. I'm curious if you think so. Madden, well, you must be thinking that, be thinking that if you ask the question. Blum, well, I'm not the manager, but you guys have lost 12 in a row. I think that's a fair question. Then PR asked them to move on. Blum, he's asking me questions. Madden, I am. Blum, and I'm answering them. Madden, because I obviously think we're playing hard. We're not winning. We are not winning games right now but i'm not gonna uh degenerate the effort by the guys i'm asking if you're seeing it because i'm not bum i mean i have not won a world series as i'm as a manager so i wouldn't be the one to and then pr cuts them off 
Mm. So uh, this athletic writer, this dude in his mid-late 20s, more or less was the guy that really pushed Joe Madden over the edge. But we've heard a question. He just kind of – Joe Madden just kind of bitched out on it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, look, this is a conversation we've had multiple times with between the two of us and with John in here. This was his last draw. This is like the best assembled roster the Angels have had in a, some time. And if he couldn't get this figured out, then that was going to be it. And it just is imploded a lot faster than we thought it was going to. This is why I said when John came on, like, I, I'm sorry, like, I'm, I'm going to hold my reservations. I can't I can't be fully in yet because you guys had one good or a month and a half good of baseball. Like, I need to see it because the, the Angels classic story is they, they, you know, something happens and they choke. So, like, I don't know. The, the game, look, <clears throat> Joe Madden's had, like, two great regimes um, in baseball history. One was with the was with the Rays, which was you know it was great. It was very much Cinderella story. They they put together an amazing team. Was that 2007 when they went to the World Series? They lost to no, not 2007, 2008 when they lost to the Phillies. Um, and uh, you know they didn't really have a lot of stars. I think like it was their rotation was like Scott Casmer, James Shields, Matt Garza. Um, their best player on the field were like. Fuck Evan Longoria and like J Carl DJ Crawford. Upton. Was Crawford on that? That team? yeah, Carl Crawford was there. He was a kid. Uh, Carlos Pena, former Oakland great. Yeah, um, but I, I I don't know. I think I would give that more credit to the front office than his managing. Um, he really like wore down his starting pitchers during that series or during that those years, if I remember correctly. Then he leaves and then he goes to the, to the Cubs. Goes to a situation where. Um, Theo Epstein had put years and years and years into the farm system of that team and had some amazing prospects and they came up right at the perfect time all at the same time and on top of that they went out and they spent a shit ton of money in, in the off seasons before that getting some great talent like John Lester um, finding guys diamonds in the rough like Jake Arrieta and just really stacking up that team so I know I say this a lot and I, I guess I'm discrediting managers in baseball, but like anybody could have fucking won a World Series with that team. And if you look at that team, they underperformed because they had a shit ton of talent. They they had a lot of depth. They had a lot of things going for them. They spent, I, I think, besides the Jason Hayward signing, they spent their money pretty, like, pretty well. And they had only one World Series to show for it. Like, I thought that team was going to dominate the decade, and they fucking didn't do shit because. I mean, the next year they were out in the first round. The year after that, they're out in the wild card. Like it, it was like it was. It's sad. I, I think that's a, that's a, a, a mark against Joe Madden on his managing career. I didn't understand the hire when they did when the Angels did it. I felt like the game really surpassed him. He hadn't quickly like really adapted to the, to the modern day like launch angle and all that stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, I guess you can give him credit for the way he manages bullpen in that mid two thousand tens era, but like. I just feel like he was trying to match everything that Terry Francona was doing with with the Indians in that ser- that series. More, let alone like not necessarily like him like making these strategic moves. Like for Terry Francona was the one who was using the shit out of his bullpen, and then like Joe Madden had to had to match it somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of him. So what you're <laughs> saying is, and I was gonna say hot take before this, but I think we're both kind of in agreement. Um, Joe Madden is overrated yeah he's been very um lucky he's got very lucky situations in terms of like his front office and he has glasses and he looks smart so people are just like that that's a smart guy hey and you know what joe (laughs) at the end of the day um look i'm I'm sure he's gonna get a job like for espn or bally sports or whatever he'll be do that yeah dude just take that extra Four million you're going to be getting this year and next year. Just go fucking get a, your beach house in Laguna, crack <clears throat> up a bottle of wine, and just smoke a fat joint, dude. Like, cause that's that's a lot more fun than being a manager right now, at least yeah. at your age. So, all right. Last but not least, it is the slapping, the slap heard across <laughs> the world. It's kind of old news now, but we didn't get a really chance to talk about it. Uh, if you did not hear. Um, 
Tommy Pham, who is the uh, center fielder or outfielder for the Cincinnati Reds during a pregame uh, warm-ups against the San Francisco Giants, uh, approached Jock Peterson in the outfield and um, slapped the shit out of him. No context was given. And then afterwards, uh, Jock kind of told him a little bit of what happened, which was they were in a fantasy baseball league together. Um, some stuff went wrong with it when it came to dues or something like that. And it led no, to... No, you, you know what it is? <laughs> it, it was it was uh, because of the whole COVID list, There's like there was some weird like roster like rules. And he put a player on like the IL list and who like had gotten COVID or something like that. And he had picked up another player that Tommy Fan wanted to pick up, but he like Jock had a better like position on the waiver wire or something like that. And um, Tommy Fan was pissed because like, this is not fair. Like your player is going to be back in a week. Like it shouldn't, he shouldn't be able to be on the IL. I don't know. It was like something really weird like that. And just Jock took advantage of the rules and Tommy Fan was pissed off. And it sounds like he's more pissed off at the rules than he was with Jock. But anyway, it's the stupidest. And then thing ever. Uh, ever. they show then, then Jock, <laughs> this is the best part about it. Uh, they showed a, uh, a gif that Jock put in the group chat where it was like, a they're doing like, it was like three guys doing like the barrel Chuck or whatever. And mm-hmm. there was a, a guy in a Giants logo over it. Got the Dodgers logo and the guy at the Padres logo. And so the two Dodgers and Giants guys get it thrown behind him, but then the Padres guy does it and it just smacks him back in the face. And this is when Tommy Pham was on the Padres. Um, Tommy Pham got suspended for two games or three games for his actions. Uh, it sounds like the reputation that Tommy Pham is really starting to carry over with them. Let's not forget, he was also got stabbed when he was in San Diego outside of a club during like peak COVID. <laughs> um, so this isn't his first rodeo and some controversy. Um, it's just kind of a bummer because it's really starting to sound like this guy who... Hold, hold on, on that note, I also heard that Jock Peterson is very weird. Like, so I listened to a Ryan Rosillo podcast and he was talking about like this time that he like had him on for an interview. And then, uh, like, he saw him at, like, an all-star game or something like that, and he hung out with him a little bit. And he just – he said that Jock is kind of off. And I, I, would, I would imagine he's just, like, this mellow – or he's just, like, this big stoner dude who just loves playing baseball. And that's just kind of, like, a low-key of a person. Like, they're a fun dude, but they're, like, there's something weird about this guy. He's, like, oh, he's just kind of a – I'd look, I'd look, I'd rather have somebody like that than fucking Tommy Pham who will slap you in the face over some fantasy football bullshit. And he's been, yeah. who was, oh, I, I have the specifics here. Uh, following a stabbing outside of a, a, during a fight outside of a strip club in San Diego. Hmm. What do you think the spread looks like for strip clubs in San Diego? Whoo! I can't decide if it's like, Hot looking girls. Oh, just like beat up. Oh, in terms of oh, you're saying the quality. Eh, I don't I'm just know. Kidding. I'm just kidding. I was saying more of like the, <laughs> the quantity of San Diego strip clubs. You go just go drive by the naval bases and oh yeah yeah, one thousand percent. Well, probably a lot. Coronado of- Island is pretty like family oriented, so they're probably not they're probably not over on the court on the naval base. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um. What is the what is the the wildest thing you've seen happen, in and I'm not going to say strip club in a fantasy football dispute. Because we've both been doing fantasy football for fuck almost twenty years at this point. <clears throat> not a league that you're in, another dynasty league. Someone that you know, I'm not going to say their name on here. Um, takes it way too seriously, and um, one time, another person in that league another person you know a friend of mine here in la was like trying to trade with uh this other person in the league who he doesn't know and they are going back and forth and the other guy was just like kind of being difficult to negotiate with so so that the person who you know was uh 
like getting annoyed by it. So he started just fucking with him and just offering him shit trades and like egging him on be like, come on, bro. Like, just fuck. Don't be a pussy. Just like make the trade. And the guy, the other guy who um, was being difficult, went to Jack, went to that person and and uh, and uh, pretty much like like told on him. He's like, hey, this person's being super difficult. He's being a fucking asshole. Like, blah, blah, blah. So that person, the commissioner, had to go to to um, the person who you know, know from L.A. And just, like, they got into this big argument. Being like, don't egg on people in the league. And, like, it was just, like, it, it became, like, this serious argument that they, like, took hella seriously. And the L.A. person that you know was just like, this is fucking ridiculous. I can't like I can't believe they're getting so worked up over this. So basically everything that he was trying to do worked like he wanted to get them. He wanted to get him worked up so that he could just like leave him alone since he was being a bad negotiator. Anyway, it was it, it, that's the worst I've seen. Like it was like a legit they were fighting. That's it. That's the worst I've seen. Uh, I had a league that I was in for years that pretty much dismantled over the Taysom Hill uh, 2020 quarterback tight end thing <laughs> yeah i'll just leave it at that but after the end of <clears throat> that league it was pretty much like we can it got so toxic We're like we I'm, I'm not doing this league anymore so hmm. we've all been there all right uh that was the fun stuff now it's just well let's take a break and then and then we'll get in a's talk so um we'll be right back Okay, we are back. All right, A's news, even if there is any. Oh, excuse me. That was a bad time burp. But, you know, sometimes they, they just come at weird times. Um, I don't know. It's been a difficult uh, couple weeks on A's fan front. Currently, they are in a nine-game losing streak. Just before that, they were in a ten-game losing streak. Feels like it. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, I think what we expected from this season is just kind of playing out. Um, not a lot of grown talent yet. A lot of uh, developing. A lot of, uh, you know, just kind of figuring out the roster to put to put on the field. It feels like at times, like they're just trying to find guys to put out there. A lot of roster moves. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but at the same time, you look at the talent that we're trying to develop and it's not looking very promising. Like Christian Pache is like not looking very good right now. No. Sean Murphy's really not looking very good anymore. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, AJ Puck's looking good. Yeah. And Jimenez. Yeah. It's even though Jimenez blew a save last week, but you know. This is arguably, look, it's it's June 9th. Um, this might be the worst A's team we've ever seen. I know it's a lot of time left. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, it feels like we were always kind of like around 500 when we were rebuilding still. You know? Yeah, like the worst like we were was like, you know, 72 and something or yeah but like at least in during those years we at least knew the names that were like coming up it's like yeah a, like 2015 marcus simeon chris chris davis like those guys were but then around. like you know we 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 knew about Chappie, we knew about olsen and yeah all that and then like in the early 2010s it's like uh we knew we were hearing grumblings of sunny gray already then and um but really there was no no real big prospects on those 2012 13 14 teams besides Sonny, right am i missing anybody who was like Cespedes, that's an outlier cuz he was a international free agent but was there any players Josh Donaldson wasn't like a major prospect yeah he just kind of figured it out hmm let me think Josh Reddick but he was a trade yeah he was a trade who prospects that? that we drafted is that what you're saying yeah like that was like, oh, well, at least we know, look, we're bad now, but just wait till a couple years when X player comes up. Because that's pretty much what we've been telling ourselves this whole offseason, which is like... Jared Parker was a trade. 
Was he? Yeah. He was a traitor. But still, it wasn't like we were saying like, oh, just wait until Jared Parker comes up kind of thing. No, Sonny Gray was the only one. Yeah, Sonny was the only real – you're right, Jared Parker was a Diamondbacks. Because Grant Green was the draft pick, the number one draft pick before Sonny Gray, but he was terrible. Yeah, oh, Grant Green. Traded yeah. him to the Angels for Alberto Callaspo. Yeah. Callaspo was good for there for a couple of years, though. I love Callaspo, man. He was real yeah, cool. Yeah, dude, you're right. I mean, there wasn't. Um, and then the last time, obviously, there was Olsen, Chapman, and uh, and Pinder. And then we were hearing the Lazardo hype and then Puck yeah. hype. And so there's at least that. And But it's like right now, this season, realistically, who are we going to see that's going to help be like, cool, get us Shea. Shea Langer-Leers is pretty much it. Cause like, I so mean, not this season, but like in two seasons, there's going to be, obviously, you know, um, Fucking Soderstrom and Soderstrom and Muncy and maybe Geloff. Yeah, Geloff. Maybe maybe um, Nick Allen will kind of be a more well-rounded hitter. But it's just like right now, it's just like there's I, I have to pull up this, the numbers in front of me, but I think the A's might be like the worst team in baseball right now. Yeah. I last time I checked, they were like third to last, but. But like um, as a whole, yeah. they are one. There's nothing promising. There's nothing promising. Cause okay, let's look at the the three worst teams in the National American League right now. Okay, the Royals are the worst team in the National League or American League right now. But Bobby Wood Jr. is there, and they've mm-hmm. got like a bunch of other stud prospects. They got a bunch of flamethrowers. Baltimore is 24 and 34, and I think they've actually are much better than Mullins. Le- yeah, I think their um, their record is a lot better than what it should be. And then like Adley Rutschman is like the number one prospect, and he finally got called up. Uh, and Cedric Mullins. If I had Cedric Mullins, I'd be sh- yeah. Cedric, stiked. dude, I was thinking about this the other day. The the <clears throat> Orioles low key have like a pretty dope team offensively. It's got you got Mullins, Rutschman, uh, Trey Mancini, Jorge Mateo's actually been doing pretty Trey decent. Trey Mancini, that's right. Yeah, Trey Mancini's been doing pretty good. Um, yeah, he was great for my fantasy team last year. Stealthy team. All right, let's look at the Nationals or Nationals, the National League. The Reds are the worst team in the National League. Um, they're very dire situation as well, but they've got some fucking crazy arms coming up. Hunter Green looks legit. Um, and then you've got the Nationals. You have Juan Soto. That's who cares. Yeah, you're good. So realistically, it's like shit. After name off all those guys and looking at the A's right now and what's going to be coming up at least for hope at the the rest of the year, there's not much, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. No, it sucks, say, man. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um. It's like what are like how do we even be? This can they traded they traded all those guys the past yeah. two years to get. You know, Starling Marte and all these other guys, and then there was nothing to show from him. And fucking um, uh, Tommy LaStella, and then they had nothing to show for it. So, Well, Tommy LaStella, they just gave up Barreto, and I, I think his career is probably over, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Lazardo, I know he, he was hurt. I don't know if he's back yet, but he was doing pretty well in Miami. That it's... I wonder why they're not developing guys very well anymore. Because, like, Beretta, like, that should have worked out. Like, what happened to his development? Jorge Mateo, same with him. They had two shortstop prospects. Neither of them worked out. They, they, you know, they rolled the dice on that. They didn't, like, Logan Davidson's taken so long to develop. Like, what's up? What's the deal with that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't feel like they're developing guys like they did when Chapman and Olsen came up. Some, I think it all has to deal with just ownership. I bet you the amount of money that that John Fisher was putting in, or probably Blue Wolf during that time, it feels like the mid-2010s, was putting into lower-level development compared to what he's putting in. Dude, I have a feeling that John Fisher's organizational whole is putting in like less than $100 million a year. I would not be shocked if it's like, because how much is payroll right now? Like 30, 40 mil? I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if 
if you include travel and everything, that guy is putting in less than like $100 million into this team. Or this franchise. Yeah. But it's just I like... Don't. This is really depressing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We've been saying it for years. It's just like, I don't understand why Major League Baseball doesn't see this and is like, this guy's not good for our brand. So we should probably get an owner in here who cares. Because, like, I get it. You can argue, like, hey, not every team is going to make the playoffs every year. Like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But, like, you're putting in no effort. You don't want to create stars. You don't want to bring people to the ballpark. You don't want to sell tickets. You don't want to sell T-shirts. You don't want to, like, nothing. You're doing nothing to help the brand. I I just, like, if I'm the other owners in baseball, I'm just like, what is this guy doing? Like, you look at basketball. Okay. The who who was a, a bad team this year? The Kings. The Kings. But at least they have a star in, in De'Aaron Fox they could build around. He's gonna sell jerseys. I, I I just don't I don't I the Knicks you know like at least they, at least they're they're doing something to try and get people to the state to the arena. Like I just don't I do not get it for the life of me. I do not understand the business plan that 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 these 32 these 30 sorry only 30 these 30 100 millionaires think that they're that is so genius that is clearly not working for them anymore i don't know it just it baffles my mind because look at all the, all those teams are just listed they're bad but there's at least some something that's going to give them some optimism and be like cool maybe for a couple of years like you know, you can see that product. And, like, Jonathan India was yeah. the rookie rookie of the year last year for the Reds. It's like, there you go. But check this out. So you you probably know who off the, off the top of your head. Who was the last day's rookie of the year? Uh, no, I mean, you're putting me on the spot, and I don't, can't think of it. Um, who is it? He is now a pitching coach for the Giants. Oh, shut up. Uh, Andrew Bailey. Andrew Bailey was the last rookie of the year. Oh, okay. How, so, why would you think that I would know what the Giants coaching staff is? Oh, no, because I remember it being like a big thing when it was first announced. I'm like, what the? I'm like, Andrew Bailey. One, oh. Andrew Bailey retired. Two, he's already coaching, which is crazy. Um, in the 2000s, the A's won three rookie of the years. It was Bobby Crosby, Houston Street, Andrew Bailey. Yeah. And they haven't won one since then. And it just kind of shows you that, like, what the player development was back then compared mm-hmm. to what it is now is just yeah. not there and it's just I don't know what gives I don't know why they haven't put the effort into it could it just be ownership is cheap and they don't really want to put the real stuff shit you're even seeing stuff right now where like you know our our homies in right field with like uh, like last dive bar guys they've been putting on fan events because the A's aren't doing anything where they had like western night a few weeks ago and then they did yeah, the wrestling cool. night uh I will argue that talent back then wasn't um, as major league ready as they are now. Like, it feels like when guys come up now, they're like fucking stars, like the first year that they're up. Where back then wasn't the case. Like, it usually takes a couple years to to fully develop. So, it's like when a pitcher like Andrew Bailey has 25 saves in a season, you're like, oh, wow. This guy developed quick. So, is there anybody right now of the younger players that we've seen so far where you're like, oh, this might actually be something? Like, this might actually be a something to look forward to? Uh, Nick Allen in spring training is the only one I can think of. And then AJ Puck, man. AJ, AJ Puck's Puck like, AJ it's just, but it's kind of hard because yeah. it's like you having him in such limited. Like and what are you gonna do? And what's the role for him moving forward? Are you gonna put him back in the rotation or not? Like, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Caprillion, he's coming off an injury, so like, I like, I want to see more from him, but he's older now. I mean, and he pitched well today against Cleveland. Did, yeah. You know, he, I yeah. think he only gave up those two runs. What, what do you go like five point something innings today? Mm-hmm. Um, but just there goes that dang Lou Trevino. It's to the point where we can't really defend him anymore. I know we were trying, or at no. least I was trying to... No, you were trying. I wasn't. Yeah, and it's just not there anymore. 
your boy Sheldon Noisy too got sent down. Um, yeah. he's, uh, and he guess was what? Struggling hard, dude. He was struggling hard. It really, it really flattened out. But guess what? Uh, he's already tearing it up. He's tearing That's it up good. in Vegas because something. Everybody just... tears up in Vegas, though. So stupid. Like, why can't that? I mean, guys... maybe he'll get the confidence back and he'll be, he'll be back. Who knows? I wonder if there's going to be a study at some point where they're just going to show that like this hitting in Vegas doesn't do anything different. It's like a maybe like a placebo effect kind of right hmm. where it's like you're able to hit there because of the the way that stadium is built but then you go play in oakland and it's the complete opposite yeah i'm curious as to why they allowed their farm system design a hitter's ballpark when they know that they're they play in a pitcher's ballpark so wouldn't you want to get accustomed to a pitcher's ballpark yeah it's a new stadium like why didn't you or at least you know Maybe in a couple of years, you got to pull Baltimore and move the fences back a little bit, just not make it so happy-go-lucky. But that's just yeah. the way of the league, too, at the Pacific League. So they were on a nine are on a nine-game losing streak as of this recording. During those nine games, they have averaged two runs a game. Um, I think the real highlights during that time, and in, in terms of hitters, Ramon has really turned it on. Um, I think he's going to be a really good trade piece in a few weeks, so mm-hmm. keep that up. Uh, Elvis has also been playing a much better offensively. I know you you kind of gave him some crap a little bit earlier, but that's also another guy where, hey. That's a specific situation, though. I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, a re- that was a really weird moment, too, with that where mm-hmm. he like, collided into Steve Kwan, or I think that's yeah. who it was. And yeah. then uh, Tito Francona got ejected afterwards. Weird moment. Yeah. But besides that, yeah, man, it's just, I don't know what to do. And it just makes me sad because I don't want this Warrior season to end. Cause then this is yeah, what... because it's going to be depressing summer. It's, it's well, be maybe a... the WNBA will get a team in Oakland and we can watch WNBA. <laughs> Something. Give us anything. I, I've been... Dude, and, and the World Cup's not till the fall, so there's no international soccer to watch this summer. It fucking blows. MLS, LAFC. MLS is fucking lame as shit. Um, yeah, it's going to be a depressing sports summer. I have no idea what I'm going to do. But the College World Series is going on right now, so that's pretty cool. Anyway. That's pretty much uh, it. I just hope... Let's just, let's just move on. Let's yeah, just look, it's... Histor- the one thing that's keeping me optimistic right now, historically, they play well in June. I don't know why. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe they can go on 10-game winning streak after this, but fair all right Julio. the upcoming schedule is the a's are going there i mean they're in cleveland right now and they're there till sunday and then next week they will be playing the red sox in boston from tuesday to thursday time for player of the week player of the week is brought to you by chris martia state farm agent of walnut creek if you need home life or auto insurance give chris a call he will give you a very fair quote his phone number is 925-266-8997 or visit his website agentchrismartinez.com let him know the town tailgate homies sent you his way and he will hook it up julio who's your play of the week swervin cole irvin nice. um i've i since we didn't record last week i'm going off to the last two weeks uh but he's been since he's come back from injury he's actually been a pretty consistent pitcher Pitched 17.1 innings with 12 strikeouts during that time. 2.6 ERA, 1.27 ERA whip. No wins, but, you know. No run support. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's he's kind of picking up uh, what we've seen from him in the past. Uh, the Velo's looking good. And you know, who knows? I think after, after the trade deadline, he might be the ace of this rotation. Much saying much, um, at least by that point, we'll see. At the end of July, I know Blackburn's had a couple uh, shaky starts. Cap has had some issues to since he's come back from injury, but we'll see. Uh, Swerving Cole Irvin, keep it up, man. I still Play. firmly believe that Paul Blackburn is our best pitcher, and he okay, he had one bad start. It wasn't even two. He <clears throat> had one bad inning, and in the one that you're speaking of, and. He has been great all season, heavy um, Chris Bassett energy happening, and I think that he will be 
I think that three A's will be in the all-star game. Um, but I, if it's only one, it's going to be just him, in my opinion. You don't think Frankie and Jimenez will be in the all-star game? I think they could. I think three could, because they're all having great seasons. I have to look at the competition. I, 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 I don't doubt it. I'm not like saying you're wrong, but it's I just gotta compare it against the rest of the league. My uh, player of the week is uh, Steph Curry though, because he has been killing it in the NBA Finals, and I just don't I don't feel like I can give a player of the week this week. So I'm gonna give it to Steph Curry. You know what? He did everything he could to win that game last night. He was running all over the fucking court, but it was like a one man show. Clay had a good game, but like I mean. In the fourth quarter, they just they had nothing, and he Steph was trying to will that game himself on one foot. Um, so let's hope that he can get some help again tomorrow night. Jordan Poole had such a good second quarter. I wish that he would have kept doing that. Been brutal. Draymond's starting to feel like he's like unplayable, dude. Uh, like, oh, I agree. He, he's strictly energy on the court. He's not basketball. Like even his basketball IQ is not there anymore. He's like not making good passes. He's turning the ball over like crazy. I just like. I, I don't even know what to say anymore. I hate to say that about Draymond, but it's been brutal. Would it be kind of ridiculous to even like just consider him off the bench? That's pretty ridiculous. That's the thing. I think what needs to happen is Steve Kerr just needs to like cut his minutes short a little bit and like get get like play more auto porter and like play some more moody or something like that and just kind of like send a signal to him like, dude, you're not playing well. So we got to go with guys who are going to do it. Like you're the heart and soul of this team, but like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm. You're making these mistakes, and it's like not okay. I also don't understand the like no loony minutes in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter when you can tell just Boston sides was really just taking a full advantage. But well, I mean, you're only having him out there for his length, and like Tatum and Brown keep on trying to switch onto him because they can just blow past him and stuff like that because he's just not quick enough. Um, I th- I just think he had a bad game. That's that's really it because we've seen him play way better defense um, all the playoffs. But ye- yesterday he was just getting like they were just fucking going right past him, and he wasn't rebounding quite as well. You know, Hakeem Alunjuan. So, I I don't I don't think you can play Belly. Belly is like such a liability on defense. I I would rather go with Moody and just tell him to crash the glass. Like, just, just take your chances with the smaller guy and just be like, dude, just crush glass. Like, you don't know where the ball's going to bounce off. And if you fu- you get fouls, cool. Well, you're just our third option, so. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Ramon because Ramon has been really nice. He's been – I think he's on, like, a – he's got a little hit streak going on. So, mm. glad to see he's finally picked up. He looked pretty slumpy those first couple of weeks. But um, I guess not. I guess not. No, I wanted to talk about the Warriors a little bit. Yeah, yeah, this is like the most energetic we got because we got to talk about something a little more joyful despite how agonizing it is in these off days. All right, so for our essential tailgate tools, um, during the, you know, two weeks ago, our last pod, Chris selected Sheldon Noisy, who is no longer on the team. That didn't age well. And uh, Sean Murphy, who uh, he got himself above the Mendoza line, so there you go. Um, Defense still there, but... He is absolutely – I think he's actually like top five in doubles in the mm-hmm. American League, which is pretty cool. But absolute struggle bus over there. Alrighty, Chris, who is your essential tailgate tool of the week for this coming week? So I would like to see James Caprillion have another good start. He hasn't really put together two good starts in a row. Um, he had a good one today, just didn't really get the run support. Um. And I just would like to see some consistency from him so he can kind of build off of that and, like, finish the season off on a high note. You know what I mean? Like, not finish the season off because it was a long way to go, but, like, go into the summer on a high note so that he can progress. And maybe, probably not. I'd prefer if they didn't, but maybe be a trade piece. What say you? Well, you're muted, so I, I can't hear you. Damn it. All cap or no cap? Every fucking episode, it's got to happen one. I know. Once. Everybody, everybody gets one. <sighs> Let's go Jed Lowry. I'm going to go Jed. Jed Lowry. Uh, Jed's been pretty Old streaky Jed. throughout the season. You know, the last pod we were talking about, he was, or I was saying he was Jed hot, uh, but he's kind of cooled off a little bit. I think uh, going back to his old stomping grounds in Boston, maybe that can fix him up a little bit. 
that again, he could be one of those guys, if uh, he can play well for the next month, he could find himself a nice home for the end of the season. Um, so, Jed, see what you can do, man. Uh, before nice. we go, forgot to mention, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, uh, we got to see your old friend Matt Olson this week. He looked great. He looked happy in Atlanta. He's got mm-hmm. a great lineup around him, great ballpark. Um so. And Stephen Vogt and Chris Pacheck or Christian Pache got their uh, World Series rings. Yeah, that's all. Congrats for the both of them. Cool to have that. It just uh, sucks seeing them. Sucks seeing another outfit. Yeah, I'm pretty used to it. Yeah, uh, I think the life. one thing we we do need a plug because uh, you know we are a very barrier focused show mm-hmm. is uh, your brother's documentary. Just mm-hmm. had his, their first screening last week. Yeah, at SF. Um, it wasn't the first screening. Or the um, first. Um, he did a Q&A for after, during a festival. Um, I forgot. SF Fit Cinefest or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. But it's in a, he because he's there, it's been in a bunch of festivals. It's not available yet to stream. Um, but we'll let you know. Let you people know when it is. People keep hitting me up, like, where can I see it? I'm like, well, you have to go to this film <coughs> festival to see it. I don't know what to tell you. Because um, everybody just assumes that things just go straight to streaming these days, but that's not how that's not how the business of filmmaking works. Yeah, um, not when you're an independent filmmaker who's just exactly. did this as a side passion. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I was going to say as well, um, make sure if you want to learn more about the documentary if you wanted to keep up the date so if they do more screenings in the bay area or elsewhere uh, follow we were hyphy at on instagram uh he doesn't have a, a twitter correct no just instagram yeah so make sure uh keep an eye out for that yeah <sighs> nothing else to plug but uh hey happy belated birthday thank you you didn't come because you're lazy fuck i'm still sick i don't still it's killing me that's uh, all good. Uh, you missed some great singing, karaoke. Um, what were your songs that night? I Want It That Way was a duet with me and my buddy Wes. Always a classic. Um, by Backstreet Boys. And then uh, You Somebody by Kings of Leon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I that thought I don't, that's just such a random karaoke song. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great karaoke song because every, like, everybody knows that song. That song was huge when it came out. And it's very singable, and it's very sing-alongable, so that, like people in the crowd will sing with you. Um, <clears throat> my go-to is "More Than a Woman" by the Bee Gees, <laughs> and then "Shining Star" by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, that's a good one. But the first I, one, I, I, I would just, I, you wouldn't get much out of me if I was in that crowd. Every time I've done it, it's been a huge crowd pleaser. I'll tell you that. Uh, and Whitney's got an excellent go-to song. It's This Kiss by Faith Hill. Oh, it's a great one. Yeah. And everybody gets it. At first, they're like, yeah. oh, what's this? And then when it hits the chorus, everyone's like, oh. <laughs> oh, I would think people would be in from the beginning. I'm a little shocked by that. I think my I'm going to try it out next time I go singing. Uh, I want to do Our House by Madness. Eh. Yeah. Because Older it's be crowd, this- definitely. If it's an older crowd, yeah. But I think everybody knows at least our house yeah the they don't they don't know the whole song yeah that's kinda, all I need. that's the only that's the only part that they they would sing you you it's because you've been seeing those commercials uh during the nba finals huh <laughs> there's I'm, a commercial that has that song as <laughs> it i guarantee you subconsciously that's how why oh, you want to do that the one song yeah. I, I i i'm commercial i'm so tired of is the whatever the new airbnb knockoff is but they're playing the muppet song Oh yes, yeah. yes. Verbo. Yes. Oh my God, I'm so over that. All right, we can end this podcast. All right, please. Uh, uh, that's gonna be it for the town takeaway. We'll see you next week. Last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. For the people listening on um, podcast, Julio put up his cup, which says "Let's go, Oakland" on it. So, and he's chugging the rest of his his beer. <laughs> Good job, Julio. Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited 
by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.